You're recording right off the bat. Yeah, man. Don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> I can't. If you're, if, you can't, if you're recording, I can't show you the messages that I've... Uh... No, fair enough. All right. Well, I will... Pop. You, don't to, um, you don't want to miss anything. All right. Beautiful. Back, we're back at it. We are done pausing and uh, we're back at it. <laughs> a little bit of behind the scenes about relationships. Um, yeah, I'll put my phone. I've got to send this. No, I haven't got to send it. I'll just leave, I'm going to leave her on red. Ooh. Leave, that's, leave that, that's, that's pimp game there. <laughs> Motherfucking PIMP. <laughs> 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. No problems. Okay, in fact, no problems. Not even 99. I've got no problems, man. <laughs> It's all gravy, baby. So, is today's subject relationships? I think so. Let's think, go. Let's go deep. I've seen some interesting stuff from you over the last week, and uh, just the last week. <laughs> yeah, everything prior to this week has been completely boring and uninteresting. <laughs> Love you, brother. Good, good point. Uh, talk to me, man. Let's go. Yeah. So first thing that resonated for me was that post uh, that I, uh, I don't remember what it was. Something about dad. Because I ain't got a clue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dad not giving enough attention and mom doesn't know how to control her emotions. That, that one hit home. Yeah. Yes. I think it will for a lot of guys, especially our generation. Mm -hmm. Yep. It was, we're the generation of go out, you know, do your 30, 40 year bit in a, uh, in a career. And, and mom was still kind of around. She hadn't quite got into the correct. Yep. Self, yeah. Had she? Yeah. she might've been doing that, like some part-time stuff or. That's an interesting point and aspect that I've never really considered actually. Although, man, that was an interesting one. Uh, one of uh, one of my coworkers' clients mentioned something about you know when all the the bad stuff started happening was when women entered the workplace, and uh, and basically my jaw hit the floor and I said that was the most conservative thing I've ever in my life heard from a woman, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just uh, something to consider. Just well, and to be fair, there were several other things, such as the the agricultural revolution, that yeah correlated with that. So, did you send me the picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger and his son? And that wasn't me. Oh yeah, no. So I know who it was. Shout out Scott Murphy um, on that one. He, we were talking about uh, nature versus nurture, and there's a picture of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger with his son, and they're on a bike, and then there's a picture of a, his other son who's with his mom. And it, again, it's probably taken out of context and stuff, but the picture with Arnold and his son is they both look like carbon copies of each other. Like his yeah. son just looks like tank and ripped, and they're both on a bike, and they're tanned, and the veins, and the and everything. Yeah. And the other picture is this, like, this his other son. I don't even know who, who he is. Obviously, it's his son. Uh, I presume he's like early 20s. He looks early, mid 20s, but right. he's massively overweight. He's got a blue t-shirt on that's too big for him. And like, he's looking really fat and stuff. And he's like carrying a shopping basket and his mom's in the background. And then my client, no, he's not my client, Scott. Um, he was like nature versus nurture. And he's like, what's your take on it? 
And I'm, like my answer was environment plays a massive part on who, like environment, who we're around, what we grew up around, massive part on it. But it's the story of the, the alcoholic dad that has two sons. One, you've heard that, where the one becomes the alcoholic because it's what dad does and the other one's like, no way. Yeah, no way because it's the opposite kind of thing. Um, so then there's that. You can't say that the nature will produce that. You could, but it's, sorry, yeah, nurture produced that. Well, Whereas nature inside so went the other the, way. The nature produced the biological weakness. Mm. And then the environment produced the outcome of alcoholic versus non-alcoholic. Yeah. So that was an interesting um, thing around like, like parents, like being around and their influence they have on us and stuff like that. So um, you like, I'm a massive believer in just like nature rules everything. And when it, when there's disease or Ill, like dis-ease or any illness, it means you're going against nature and nature's intentions. And when there's equilibrium and balance and calm and peace and flow and health and vitality and well-being, it's when you're in alignment with nature. And if you, this, again, bone of contention with the male, female versus masculine, feminine thing, but we'll use like men and female to kind of drive the point, like dad and mom kind of thing. Use it in kind of a metaphorical, metaphysical kind of Yeah, just to kind of make a point is... Yeah, the, the, the feminine, the female, the mom is about that nurturing, loving, caring environment and making the home and stuff like that. While the man, the master was all about going and protecting and providing and building and leading the tribe and that kind of thing. And like you said, once or your, your, um, your, the client of your uh, co-worker or associate, yeah, you said, yeah, yeah. Um, like she pointed out, shit started to go wrong when women went to work. But it goes, it also goes back to that is where also guys, like men, like didn't take their sons out with them. Like if you go back tribe, 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 the son right. would always be with the man. The woman would nurture milk and done. But as soon as like that kid's ready to become a man, boom, he's off with the man. But kids these days don't know how to become a man. And I know that's another like be the man phrase. It's <laughs> just right. <laughs> I'm going to throw that up there and let the internet catch that one and do right. what they want to do with it. <laughs> But, you know, I, I was actually listening to a podcast with uh, buddy uh, Jator Pierre, and he was talking about how he's never really had any kind of biological, like, there's, he's had no real desire to be the provider or, you know, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth because I don't remember specifically what he said, but, you know, he's never really had that desire to fulfill that typical masculine role. Right. So... Is that, is that soul derived? Is that, you know, I don't want to say trauma, but you know, whatever it is, like accept it and, and that's okay. Well, without having a conversation with him and speaking to him and going deep right, 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 right. like past and what's but happened I mean, with him. Like, and and it, I, I really appreciated it because I, I took a moment to consider and there's definitely an aspect of me that feels the same way. Like, I don't want the fucking response. Like, let me handle my business. And, you know, I don't want the responsibility of having to look after other people because from my current perspective, at least, that's a pretty heavy weight to bear. Now, it can be a wonderful thing if you are able to do that. But if you're under pressure because you're not fulfilling that, whatever it is that, whatever story that is aligned, 
For me, that comes back to the Maslow's. It can work negatively against you. It can, or it could be fuel. Yeah, I see what you mean, but it comes back into the hierarchy of human needs. Like if you haven't got your basic human needs covered, not saying you, but just in general, if if a person hasn't got, they won't be able to have the capacity to then think of others. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't put food on your table, clothing on your back and roof over your head, you're not going to think, oh, how can I serve the world? You're like, where's my next meal coming from? Where's my roof? Like, do you know what I mean? Yes. Well, and, but what about this? What about somebody has a roof over their head, food in their belly, clothes on their back, but physiologically they don't. So meaning bodily stressors, toxins, things like that. Yeah. So that means they just wouldn't have the capacity, the consciousness again, like we spoke about in the NAS one, they haven't got the capacity. They're still in fight or flight mode. Correct. You've got to get out of that fight or flight mode. You've got to get out of that before you. And I think that's where the conversation comes into um, about, is it the global like minimum wage or, or minimum salary or something it is that they're trying to bring in? Like everyone should yeah. be paid a certain amount so that every, like you're, you're no longer in fight or flight. Right. Food, shelter, all covered. You're not in fit, so you don't have to in the, in the thrive mindset. Right. Get everybody out of that. And then you can come from that place. Again, it's all about where you're coming from. Right. And so here's my question. And uh, devil's advocate, and I certainly don't have the answer, nor frankly an opinion on this one. But, um, you know, you're changing the outside without changing the inside. So from my perspective, a lot of that base income will end up into entitlement as opposed to a boost up depending on mindset. Yeah. Certainly some people are going to be boosted. My, my mindset elevated this year with, uh, with the assistance that the U S government gave me and like, Oh wow, it's nice to have just a little bit of extra spending. Cap. Yeah. Oh my God. Now, now I know what it's like. I've experienced it. Now I'm driven to go make it happen and, and get more. Yeah. I mean, like you can't just give you most people, you can't just give them like what they need. Right. Most people. Cause again, again, it's the lottery winners, isn't it? Broke person wins lottery, gets their dream, what they wanted. And then they go broke or end up worse than before. And they're wishing because they, they wishing it never happened. Exactly. It's the worst thing to ever happen. Yeah. You heard that before. Haven't you come out of a, a lottery winner's I, I, mouth? I have, I have right. A friend, uh, just passed away this year. He came into a, big old windfall about 10 years ago and uh within yeah within 15 years drank himself to death after being sober for 30 some odd years i was listening to i can't remember which just podcast it was have, or didn't have the insides to match the outsides that's it there was a i can't remember what it was called but there, i think it was on a joe rogan thing where they were talking about um the biggest cases of like teenage suicide in like California and stuff and LA and and, like Silicon Valley and stuff. Mm -hmm. They termed it something, it's not entitleitis, but it was something like that. It's where the kids, because the parents have made all this money, millionaires and billionaires in Silicon Valley, the kids had nothing to fight for, nothing to get up for because everything was provided for them. Everything. Mm -hmm. And these kids were just so lost because they hadn't, learned to 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 overcome adversity and struggle which is again another thing we're kind of built for yeah built for growth the the trick is is to choose your own struggle 
Otherwise, your struggle will be chosen for you. And usually, if you're in control of the choice, it's better off. Yeah, so that's where it would come back in with this like base level income or whatever it is, is people could almost then go, right, now I've got that covered. If they have a capacity to in the mindset, it's almost like a, 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 a two-pronged attack that the governments or whatever would have to do. It's like, right, here's the money, but you've got to go through this course where we work on mindset and... Correct, yes. You know, and, and do the, the inner work as well. Yeah, but the problem with that is usually the people that are that bad off, like they are so guarded that usually that mindset won't work. You have to, you have to kind of backdoor your way in through, you know, nutrition or fitness or, or another way to, to kind of work around the ego, because at least that was, that's been my experience with all the personal development work that I've done in my life. Well, you've got to want to do it. Right. It's like all the, all the criminals that get put in like a certain type of rehabilitation program where they go and see like a psychotherapist or someone like that. They don't want to be there. Right. So the therapy doesn't work Well, right. it does. If you want to be there, you're open to it. And you know what but, I mean? But, but why doesn't it work? And certainly I would agree with you. You don't want it, but why don't you want it? Probably because there's some deserved factor or hundred percent. Right. So it, it's just peeling back the layers and getting to the deepest layers of that. Well, that's where all, everything, in my opinion, where it all comes back to is which, which will circle nicely to our parenting um, conversation and keeping it on that theme, because right. that's where it comes back to is little kid when he was younger, didn't get the unconditional love that he needed or the space to express himself. He didn't feel right. safe or she didn't feel safe being herself. And that program has gone in and it's embedded and it's solid from the age of two to seven or zero to seven or up to 12, I think in some right. cases. And if you're running that program, it doesn't matter what external comes in. If you don't believe, like you said, deservingness, worthiness, or safe in it, right. you'll push it away. So that's, yeah, hundred percent. That's where the work needs to be done is addressing that trauma from, right. from early age is going, right. What happened when you were a kid? Right. And having the, 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 the correct people don't even want to say qualified the right people to administer that um you could call it therapy but healing whatever you want to call it yeah i mean i i've done a lot of therapy over my life and a lot of the therapy has been wonderful i had a wonderful therapist over the last year or two that did some emdr work and uh really made some headway there but for the most part it's the coaches that have really Mm -hmm. difference the the not the non you know uh american medical association qualified therapists just have not been as successful in helping me as the the non i completely agree with that completely agree with that i went to see a, a counselor therapist and again whether i was open to it or whatever it just wasn't happening at all and then like my coach, I've still got him now. I think after the second call and it wasn't even a one-on-one, -on -one, it was a group thing. Mind was blown, open, healing done, access, all the shit, removed it all, put it all out. And now like it's once you know what needs to be done, you know what I mean? Once you know where to go and what to do, mm -hmm. blew my mind. That's literally all I'm doing with my clients now. I'm like, right, let's go back to cause of all of your shit and move the cause out the way. Right. Rather than looking at all the shit and analyzing the shit and da, 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 it's like, no, let's go right back to the start of it. That root that's there, rip that out, plant a new seed. And the, the, the fruits of that one will now 
blossom. And I think I've said a few times on our podcast that it still blows my mind how it's that simple and yet effective and quick. Right. It's just reminded of uh, Paul Selig. Did you ever look into his stuff? Did I turn you on or? Yeah, I don't think so. Those boulders and it's just removing the boulder out of the way. That's literally it. That's literally it. So, um, and that's where it comes. It's the parent. It's coming from mm-hmm. parents or guardians or whoever was there in those formative years of your brain when you're like a sponge going, right, how do I survive in this world? And the parents say, oh, you should do this. You should do that. You should wear this. You should wear that. You can't have this. You can't have that. And this is that. And you go, okay, done, all in. And we trust those parents because they've made it to that age and they've survived for that long. So they must be right even though they're probably wrong for the most part, because most of the parents were, were just living on enough money to kind of get only just with the money and their health weren't really optimal and they didn't have the best group of friends or whatever. They weren't doing their purpose. They were doing a job that they just thought they had to do or be told they had to do to put the roof over their head. And that's fine. And I love every parent out there that were doing the best that they could with what they had at the time and honor all of them and respect all of them and love all of them. But we're definitely moving into a different time Oh, and a different different way of doing stuff absolutely. and i think so go so going back did you want to go about that person talk on that or are we riffing on other stuff where do you want to go no keep keep going the post that brian's referring to is if daddy wasn't around and if mom couldn't control her emotion her emotions what was the last bit? You're probably not, you're probably carrying around trauma or you're probably uh, shame, shame and or guilt, something like that. I think shame. Yeah. You're probably carrying around a load of shame yeah. for being yourself. And it was, it was aimed, aimed at the guys. It wasn't aimed at the, let me just see if I can adjust that. Yeah. It wasn't aimed at, um, at women. It was aimed at like guys in general. Mm-hmm. And it resonated. Like you said, it, resonate with you it struck a chord with you it struck a chord a lot of a few guys messaged me go yeah that one that one landed yeah um and it was a personal observation like it it came from like a personal experience like again love my mom and dad to absolute bits but when you're a young man looking for direction in life the worst person to look towards is a female out of the two, agreed. Or, or an unhealthy male who hasn't done, like, done the work on him and stuff. Yes, yes. Right. Especially as a young guy who's got um, a masculine core, a masculine center. Because there's some guys out there who've got feminine core. So again, I don't want to go into the energy thing too much with masculine and feminine energy. Yeah. I want to try and keep it male yeah, and female. Just context, but yeah. So again, so. There are mass men out there that have got more of a feminine core. I definitely lead with my feminine. So I used to, but that doesn't mean you've got a feminine core. Doesn't mean that's who you are. That's why I, that's why I word that lead with. Yeah. Because in what I would say, if I was again, triage guy, like, and you came in and go, right, what's going on? 
or why does that why do you lead from feminine do you know what i mean if you came and said matt why am i leading why aren't i leading from masculine it's just because of your environment when you were younger because you saw mom probably more than dad and you're like ah oh, okay so she's the way to do it and what she was doing it rubbed off and you're like okay cool i've got to care for everybody else other than myself uh, i've got to put everybody else first other than myself and i've got to sacrifice myself to make sure everyone else is okay i've got to worry about the opinions of others and, and all that bullshit that stories that especially women some men but especially women tell themselves and again if you're a guy or if you've got a masculine core your that role of the masculine core is to lead lead your own life and also lead others not be not be like a dictator but to lead a guide or whatever is to provide is to protect by example would just attract followers a hundred percent yeah definitely who can then learn how to lead themselves and then go off and hopefully do that as well that's the, that's the masculine core, whereas the feminine is a bit more like re- receive and be and be taken care of and whatever. So, so that's where the battle comes with most men is they got this desire inside of them to, to lead or be dominant and, and go out and hunt. But then they're also seen that, oh, no, I've got to I've got to let someone take care of me. But then also that means I've got to take care of everybody else and not worry about me. And it's just this fucked up society for the most part, where it's just weak men everywhere, like. And when I say that, like, it's because that's who Matt's been for 30 something years of his life. Weak as shit. Like had this internal desire to be the man and, and lead and dominate and, and not dominate over people, but dominate and take control and provide and protect. But cause he held so much shame around the masculine. Cause what he heard about men when he was younger as well, mm-hmm. he would hold it back and suppress it. Mm-hmm. And then he'd see another man going and do the thing. And then he'd judge him or he like, cause it would trigger what's going on for Matt. And then it would just be a whole, just like clusterfuck of bad emotions and right. injuries and an illness disease. And it would just be resentment and envy and jealousy. And why can't I do that? And, and it's just, it was just a mess. And that's where coming back to the truth of who I was, regardless of what parents said or society says, coming back to the truth and then healing all of the shame around the truth of who you are. So when Matt was younger and he wanted to go and do what he wanted to do and he got shamed for it because he was just experimenting as little boys do. We just go and experiment and do stuff and get into trouble and shit, right? Because he was shamed because he was shamed. Here's the big thing I want someone to really catch out there. Because he was shamed rather than the action being shamed. Mm. Right? Well, so, so here's a question, and, and probably, probably both sides of the coin happened. Is the behavior shamed and the child hears it through egocentric ears? Or is the child actually shamed and the child hears it correctly? Phenomenal question. So the only way I bet probably about 50, 50, but nonetheless, the only way I could matters. Yeah. I mean, the only way I could answer that being a parent myself is how I approach that with my kids. Mm -hmm. If they do something quote wrong, let's again, broad statement. I know loaded word, but if they do something wrong, your sister wrong. Say that again. Say what? Say slapping the crap out of your sister. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what. Right? Is is we look at the behavior, not the person. Like the first thing I do, like if my kids do anything, I go and give them a hug and say, "Hey, man, I just want to let you know I love you more than anything in the world. Like you're amazing. I fucking love you. You're incredible. Love you to bits." Um, now let's talk about that action that you did. Let's talk about that. 
And then we just like dissect it and go, right, did that get you a good outcome? Like, do you feel good that you did that? And like with the action rather than, oh, you're a bad person. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have done that. You're a bad, as much as I can, knowing the impact of it and how much fucking work I've had to do on it. The last thing I want to do is shame my kids. It's the last thing I want to do and, and label them as bad, naughty, incompetent, stupid, or it's really hard for me to not say anything when I'm walking down the street and other parents are there with their kids and their kids are just being kids and the amount of you're naughty, you're bad, you're stupid, blah, blah, blah. And there's no judgment because again, that's where most people are with their consciousness and education as well. Like, it's fucking zero education on how to be an amazing parent out there. Yeah, there, there really is. I mean, the, the books out there are laughable. Most, most but even, yeah, there's that, but there's nothing in terms in, in the way of like what the governments are doing. There's nothing like in schools. I know you're not probably taught, should be taught how to be a parent in a school, but like schools, universities, or whatever, there's nothing for parents. Or Parenting is all, you know, it's all learned through modeling. Like I, my, my dad's watching my daughter today, or my, my folks are watching my daughter today, and he came over and, you know, helped to get her out the door. Um, and for the first time, I'm just witnessing my dad's behavior. And just how similar to I am to similar to yeah, me you are is, just in you know just lackadaisical not finishing things you know oh I I created a mess all oh, you clean it up and it's like well, wait a minute I, I thought I was the kit <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, it is know, interesting and, you know what and for me, I'm able to find compassion for myself when I'm able to link behaviors with people that I've learned it from. Even if it's not necessarily the first time, which is oh. you know, from my understanding, the ideal is to go to the first time and, and address the issue. But even if you can link it to another one, there you're, you're able to find that compassion for yourself and um, you know, just become more okay with it. That's the, that's the secret to the healing. Compassion for yourself and the person that you learned it from. Right. That's the most powerful word. So if anybody's out there that's not having a good time in life and they're blaming either parents or whatever it is, is finding compassion for yourself and forgiving yourself for picking up that model in the first place. And then the compassion for the person that you picked it up from, knowing that even though they weren't who you wanted them to be, they were doing the best that they could at the time with what they had, their level of awareness, the level of consciousness, the level of understanding, the level of education. They were just doing the best that they could. Yes, there are some fucked up people who are intentionally out there to hurt people. But for the most part, for the most part, most parents love their kids and they want the best for their kids and they try to do the best for their kids. But for the most part, there's a book. The only parents that do not are ones that are just totally stuck in like, wicked fight or flight i think if you're able to access anything beyond wicked fight or flight i think you have love and compassion for your children a hundred percent yeah so for most people that are listening and watching this right now for the millions of people all around the world watching this there's a good chance billions, your parents billions billions sorry billions 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 we're, we're part of the three comma club billions billion three comma club first podcast to get billions of listeners um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, for the most part, your parents probably were doing the best that they could and they did love you 
and um, if they could tell you now, they're probably sorry for not giving you everything that you needed and wanted in the moment to become the highest and best version of you. But that's your work now. Yep. Is to. Uh, well, I was young. I, I'm going to botch this quote horribly, but it's basically the children's responsibility to heal the wounds of the parents. So on that one, got to be careful with it. We're not heal, here to heal our parents. Just to make that point, we're not here to heal yeah, the parents. Talking, yes, wounds of family line. Thank you for that distinction. <laughs> oh my God, that could have been horribly epically wrong. <laughs> yeah, really good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah, heal yourself. I, told you I was going to botch the quotes. <laughs> no, it's fine, mate. You did it better than I did, so it's cool. Uh, but yeah, it's your you work on work on you and uh, generational curses and all that bollocks is is your stuff. It's you heal it um but it's yes that's essentially what it is so you're not passing it on then to next generations correct no in my opinion Factual. maybe that's the, maybe that's the name of the podcast in my opinion dot 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 factually opinionated factually opinionated or opinionatedly factual which one? No, it's the other way around, isn't it? Which is one's grammatically correct. Do the opposite. Neither of them, probably. Right. <laughs> Opinionated opinions. Yep. Talking shit with B&M. <laughs> Although there are businesses B&M, so we're not talking shit with the B&M businesses that are out there. It's Brian and Matt. Ah, Friday, man. Yes, I'm so glad the week is over. We spoke about that before, didn't we? About mood changing on days and weeks and weekends. Did we talk about that? Briefly. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know for me, I just, I had Monday to Wednesday, I had to cram about five days worth of stuff into three days. And yeah. I feel like my head's still spinning from it. <laughs> so. I wonder how many people have been like that this week. Because I've been exactly the same. Like this week's been nuts. I don't know how or why out of anywhere. It's just gone bonkers. Things coming in from seven different angles and all, everything's got to be done now. Mate, it's no, but it's not even, it's not even work as well. Like work. Yes. Um, but like, I'm not trying to brag, but kind of bragging a little bit, but not like I had a date last night. I'm su supposed to have a date tonight. I've got to go out tomorrow on a date with somebody else. Uh, Sunday, I think I'm going to give myself some time off. And then Monday as well. Got like, it's just like, all the different people, by the way, as well. Like not even like the same thing. It's like, it's just gone crazy. Not just that see, but just, like with work and interesting week. Mm -hmm. On that note, where do you sit with what the moon is doing? What are your opinions on that? Um, my opinion is that there is science that says that it affects us. Cool. That's, that's my opinion. Um, you know, specifically, um, microorganisms are affected by the moon and the, the, the tide cycles and things. And um parasites which greatly affect your mood and i i don't know somewhere 90 95 probably closer to 99 percent now that it's we're in the 2020s you know have parasite infections so 
I would, I would absolutely say that it affects us. Nice. Do you experience that? Do you monitor and experience it? Um, so often for me, what I will do is if I'm just feeling pretty squirrely, I'll sometimes look up, oh shit, it's a full moon. Mm. I, I don't know what I'm necessarily looking for, but if I'm just like squirrely and I can't figure out why, oh, okay, I see. Got it. And, and you know, maybe that's um, a placebo effect. Who knows, but. I don't think it is because you've said it. Which means it's happened more than once. Oh, absolutely. I used to be so anti all of that stuff. And then I started looking into it a bit. And I'm like, ah, oh, my mood is almost pretty much completely correlated to what the moon's doing. Now, <laughs> I'm in control of my mood. I get that. So now imagine being a woman. Ah, we're not going there. We're not talking about that because I'm not a woman, so I can't. <laughs> I will just say women's hormonal systems are much, much more sensitive than men's. Oh, dude, they're off the scale. Compared to men's, off the scale. More I don't know if you follow any of the... Which can be both a positive and a negative. I mean, that's where, where we men need our woman's intuition to guide decisions for us. A hundred percent. Again, that comes back to like that masculine-feminine energy. They also have, more, they also have female. attachments between the two hemispheres of the brain. I think like 30% more more attachments females do correct so there's more information bypassing which is how they're able to uh um uh multitask better there was a great talk and i wish i could remember the name of the guy he's absolutely hilarious old dude old video on youtube so if someone knows the name though i can't remember his name he was talking about like male and female brains and he did this one thing, and I'll butcher it, and we nowhere near as funny as him, but he's like, the dif here's the difference between men's and women's brains. Men, we literally have little boxes that are labeled parts of our life. So we'll have relationships and family over here, then we'll have career there, then we might have hobbies there, we might have health here, um, or like sports and or news or something. We'll have our little boxes. And what men do, are you still there or are you, are you still there? We good? Having, having issues, but I think, I think we're back. Technical difficulties. Um, and he was saying how us men, when we're in one box, we can't go to other boxes. So if we're in the, the, the health box and digging around in there, you've got no chance talking to him about like career or anything. It's like he's in that box. And if right. you want him to talk about career, he's got to shut the health box, put it back, go to career, open it up, then you can start talking about it. Right. right. And he's also got the nothing box as well. So there'll be a time where he's not in any of his boxes and he's in the nothing box where he's just nothing. We're just switching off completely like nothing where he can fish. I want a beer and I want to see something naked. It's literally, yeah, just like nothing is switching off, right? He's got that part of the brain. But then he says like the woman's brain is like this. It's just like wires, like constantly going around. And this electric thing is like, like constantly. And she's in all different parts. Uh, my, uh, my vision of India's infrastructure. No, I've not. Probably, yeah, like that is just nuts and crazy. And I was like, that's a really good, the way he did it was very, very clever. 
um, and it explained kind of like what you were saying with that. And I think people like people just need to be aware that it's facts and science that we're fucking different. Yes. Yes. And, and guess what? If we try to make everybody the same, we're going to stop procreating. It's game over. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hear of stories, I wouldn't say all the time, but I've heard several stories of people that are just too similar, you know, whether it be physically or, or you know, genetically, and they can't have offspring because they both have the same weaknesses and you're never going to do it. And so that's why, you know, you need kind of, op- that's why opposites attract. A hundred percent. Well, it's nature. That's what nature intended. I, I used to say this with judgment and now I say it with a great deal of compassion. I think about, you know, the really skinny guy and the big girl. Like, though it may look weird, genetically, you mix those two, you're going to get a, a right down yeah. average, you know, health. Yeah, opposites attract, yeah. Exactly. I mean, and that's... Just and it's when you try, like you said, when you try and put similarities together, it doesn't... Right. It just... Sometimes I do... Do you ever see that? Do you ever go anywhere or... Or like it's usually an event or something, and you'll see the the like older couple who are like 50, 60, 70, and they look the fucking same. Have you ever seen that? Like they've got like the same haircut or like the same outfit, or even their fit. Like I've seen some couples. Yes, yeah, so and usually the guy looks dead inside. <laughs> oh yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> she's got what she wants, but then he's just like a shell, a shell. Um, it's yeah. Usually, yeah, it's usually the way. But then she's unhappy as well because like, she's not getting yeah. her soul fulfilled. Like, the feminine isn't getting that masculine, do you know what I mean? The eye of the storm, the leader, the, the dominant provider. And yeah, so they're usually both dead inside with that one. And they're both in the heads. Yeah. Completely in the heads. Yeah, that was funny. I remember seeing a couple, but they looked like their face looked like they had similar noses and mouth. They looked the same. And it's just like, I wonder if they've always looked like that or their body just starts to morph into like, because they spend so much time You're together. in the UK. I don't know where the, where in the equivalent of the UK South is, but you know, maybe they're brother and sister. <laughs> you could be. Well, we all come from the same place. If you go all the way back, right the, right, right the way back. Which I will just say, look at purebred dogs if you want to know the outcome of that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Purely from a health perspective, not nothing, no judgment beyond health perspective. It's not ideal. It's not ideal. It's not. Yeah. Neither is stupid. I always find myself, not always, but very more often than not, find myself attracted to the same, um, physically attracted to the same um, astrological sign. Really? Yes. That's interesting. It is. Wow. But they say that we have, I'm not too, I'd say about the moon stuff, but they say we have a match, like our astrological sign is a match for, that we've got matches, because again, it's usually the opposites, isn't it? Absolutely. And I I think, I think they can all work, but I think, you know, some are just going to flow and go easier than others. Has there been um, a pattern in, if we just literally talk about the physical appearance of the girls you've dated, been with, has there been a, a pattern there? Or are they all shapes, sizes, colors, and there a, is there a pattern? 
So in the past, I was a chubby chaser. I think, honestly, a lot of that was just self-esteem. Um, I wasn't healthy myself. Um, you know, I've had bouts of unhealthy being skinny. I've had bouts of unhealthy being overweight. Um, but beyond that, um, I would say it's kind of been all over the place. Although what I've really uh, came, come to grips with over the last, I don't know, probably month or two really is my affinity for blondes with large breasts. The Bay, it, Baywatch. I mean, and that's where I find the compassion for myself and, and that, because I know big fake, big fake tits are not healthy. Again, I, I view basically everything through life through the lens of health. I know it's not healthy. I know it's not ideal. I know it's not natural. And that's ingrained in me from 12 years old. Pamela Anderson and my spank bank. <laughs> Pam. Good old Pam. Wild wire. <laughs> shout, shout out Pam if you're listening. We should get her on the show. Yes. Don't know why I laughed then. We should get her on the show. We should. Who's the modern day Pamela Anderson? I'm kind of out of touch with that. I, I am too. I, I have not. A, I don't really think there is one. I feel like that kind of almost look is kind of gone. I'm sure it'll cycle through in another 20 years, but I, I don't really know who's big these days, but it seems like a lot of kind of more natural looking girl next door. Well, aren't the Kardashians the biggest thing right now probably. and don't a lot of women like to look like them probably a lot of women are trying to look like that big ass little waist big boobs big lips oh. which when you think about it biologically that's what men are attracted to biologically because it promotes healthy offspring Wider hips promote healthy childbirth and childbearing. Big breasts promote again, like with the milk and the feeding. So they're healthy, but so that's what, like biologically, like usually, like for the most part, if we're talking like average or whatever, if you had like ten men, eight of them will be more attracted to the big butt, big boobs than the skinny, like no butt, no boobs. Well, so there's there's definitely going to be some cultural things because I'm pretty sure that study's been done all over the world and you get, you know, different ideals. Uh, have you ever seen those? There's actually, there's there's been no. I've seen articles where they basically, um, they pull a bunch of men and, uh, and women and they create, you know, the ideal body type for a country. Oh, wow. Okay. And so the body type is actually very... It's typically very different. Really? Depending yeah. on the country? It is, yes. And I think a lot of that is mostly just due to genetics. And this is where, you know, interesting, again, no judgment here. I think big, wide hips, I think Middle Eastern, like the Kardashians. I think um, African-American oftentimes. Um, South American. South American, yes. Brazil, Colombia, absolutely. Um, then you look at like Asia. Yeah. No tiny, tiny, but just structurally like a little boy, very different. 
But then Russia, you go stereotypical, what's the pinup in Russia? And she's six foot two, blonde. That's Sweden. What's Russia? I don't know. You should know. I think Sweden are more curvy than Russia, aren't they? I, th I think a little bit, but still six foot two and blonde, blue eyes. Yeah. I think that's the most the stereotyping podcast. Stereotyping podcast. Piss everyone off. All kinds of piss everyone off that isn't perfect podcast. <laughs> there must be an acronym there somewhere. Off, I guess. There's an acronym. I think the most beautiful country that I've been to. I haven't been to many. I think the most beautiful has to be Iceland. The women in Iceland were just beautiful were beautiful and not talking hot i'm talking beautiful a heartfelt beautiful as opposed to let me use your body for my own personal physical pleasure yeah well i'd do both like both with that very different uh energy massively different energy they're the most beautiful people that I've, like the, girl, the women there were just beautiful like so friendly so lovely so smiley so just amazing but confident with it and grounded as well and blonde hair blue eyes curvy right but just like health like healthy like they just promoted like health and well-being and right. uh, and like emotionally healthy as well mm -hmm. massively emotionally healthy no like they haven't been near social media to have all the um yeah insecurities built up and stuff like that they were just so you know Beautiful country as well. Beautiful I country. Think, I think I watched a documentary recently about Iceland. With Zac Efron? Yes, that's the one. Down to earth. People go watch that. It's amazing. Then if you watch anything with half Thor Bjornsson, that's worth watching as well. Oh, yeah, there is that. <laughs> he needs to lift some weight. Skinny guy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> What I noticed when we talk about bringing it kind of back on that parenting theme a little bit for this one with like healthy individuals around our age and doing okay at life, not depressed and suicidal and all that shit. Right. Is it's where the dad has been present for the most part. Mm -hmm. You can clearly see, like when I go to the school gates and get my kids, you can clearly see the kids. There's a, there's, I don't care what anybody says on this one. You fight me till death on this one. You can clearly see which kids have their dad around and which don't. Yes. You can clearly see it. You could literally go, yeah, his dad's in his life. His dad isn't. His dad is. His dad isn't. You right. can, there, there might be one or two that are just like good kids. Like, well, and you're like, not sure. But again, on average, out of the 100 kids, you could, at least 90, you would be able to say, yeah, dad's in his life, dad's not. That's not I'm not putting down women with that at all. I'm not saying you can't parent. I'm not saying that at all. But there's a direct correlation between the behavior of the child and the, uh, the presence of his father, especially if he's a healthy father. Direct correlation. And that's what I noticed with nations around the world. If I look at nations around the world, you can tell again which one where the dad is present or the dad's not well and, and again that correlates with what i was talking earlier about women going to work yeah 
you know. So, not but then it's who's raising those kids when the women are at work as well. Right. That's the other thing. Are they staying in school longer? And again, you look at the majority of school teachers, nothing on school teachers. You look at the majority of them. I don't know what the facts and figures are because, again, it's just an opinion. There's zero facts on this show. I imagine worldwide, it's got to be 80% female in the younger years. In your, in your, like, I don't know grade systems over there, but in like primary, first school and whatever, up until probably the age of even probably 15, 16, right. the majority is female. So you've got these little boys that are looking for this masculine direction and leadership, and you've got this woman. Yeah, I had my first male teacher in fourth grade. Fourth, yeah. What age is that for our international listeners? Fourth grade would have been about age nine, eight, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. So your brain's already pretty much formed out of that child brain from two to eight, two to seven. So all that time you've just been absorbing female stuff into your, into your masculine. To be fair, though, if you uh, look at um, uh, uh, Rudolf Steiner, you know, and, and his uh, methodology for schooling, it's keep it all play until age seven. Like creativity, there are no right answers. There's no testing. It's all yep. just play and creative. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I would suggest that that would lead toward the females, you know, for that first seven years of life. Yeah. Because so, they're more creative and whatever. But so, like, us men are as well. Like, we're creating, right? We're literally creating right now. Fair. But with, I want to say with structure, but it's fuck all structure. <laughs> structure yeah, no, is right. like we've got a time. <laughs> That's as far as the structure goes. But we have, like today, we've carried a bit of a theme through it. We've kept a bit of discipline to it and structure and, you know. We haven't gone, we haven't even begun to touch where I was planning on heading this thing, but uh, that's all right. Where were you planning on touching me today, Brian? <laughs> right on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Is it big enough? Right. He said. The five head. <laughs> oh, dear. Where are we going? Come on, then. Let's get on the journey. Let's get on the... Uh, where are we going, man? I think we've done the parenting thing. And, uh, it, it's, so it's interesting for me because I may or may not be in the same situation soon as my relationship is just in a very complicated place at the moment, is uh, watching you date in the mid-30s and just what that's like these days because it sure seems like trying to get anybody to yeah for me people around my age it seems very difficult to find people that take responsibility for themselves and um you know kind of have have the same goals and paths as me So I'm curious if that's been your experience at all or how dating in your 30s is going. It's cool. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, oh. 
where do I start? So opposites attract, right? But um, also you've got that like attracts like. So I'm finding that a lot of the girls that I'm having conversations with are adventurous. They are driven, motivated, career-minded. They're connected with their health in some way. They're doing something with their health. It's a part of their life. Um, they're a bit spiritual. They're detached, not detached, but they can view current events from the outside rather than being in it. Right on. Now, before, I'll come to before what, when you go before what? Before the shift happened for me, it was like a take what I can get. Yes. Thing. Yes. The shift was... If I can, if I can do better, I'm going to take that opportunity. I heard a, a, a coach, Nick... Oh, no. What's his name? Rich Litvin. Yep. He put out a post that said something like, start going for what you want rather than what you know you can get. That hit home. I was like, all of my life, I've just not been set. That sounds not judgmental at all. It sounds it, but it's not. I was settling for what I knew I could get whether it was women, whether it was business and money and clients, opportunities, whatever it was, I would sell for what I knew I could get. Even cars or where to live and stuff, what I knew I could get. But very rarely was, if we're being honest, is it what I really wanted? I'd sell for what I could get rather than what I really wanted because of fear of rejection, but not just fear of rejection, fear of success. And what would happen post-success. So I had a story that what goes up must come down. You can only have something for so long. Mm -hmm. You couldn't live in it. You couldn't have it continue to get better. That was my story. That was my programming, right? Make the most of it because once it's gone, it's gone. Or, or just make the most of it because it will be gone soon, right? Because in that lack, again, being a, just the environment that I was raised in, that's the mindset of the, the people back then, right? There's not enough to go around. So make the most of what you've got because it's going to go eventually. Right. How you do one thing is how you do everything. So why would I allow myself to have it what I really wanted if it was just going to be taken away from me anyway? Correct, yes. Why would I put myself through that pain? Right. You know, doesn't make sense. So you don't, again, we move away from pain and towards pleasure. So the shift that happened was the new story, belief, program, that it can keep getting better. It can, you can get what you want and it can keep getting better. Just a story. It was just that change in that story. So what I found is, again, everything in the outside world is just picturing what's going on in here inside of us, in our hearts and our minds and our stories and our paradigms and everything that we're operating on. It's just a picture out there. Knowing that I, and putting the new story in that I can get whatever I want, then I get the pen and paper out and I start going, right. If I can have whatever I want and there's no pain on the other side of it, what do I want? What, what does she look like? What does she do? Like, what, what is she interested in? What is she not interested in? What is she for? What is she against? 
if we're just talking women and dating. Absolutely. Same as fuck, but I did it with everything, like with clients. If I can have any client in the world, like who would I want as my clients and what, what makes them so good and blah, 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 blah. Where do I want to live? Like what car do I want? How do I want my kids to behave? And all like friendship groups and all that. But so on the dating thing, coming back to that with you personally, if you're a client of mine, I'd first of all go, well, we'd probably start with what do you really want? If we were having a tough time with that, I'd be like, right, what stories have you got around getting what you want? and experiencing what you want or past experiences with relate because again if you've got a story of relationships equal pain because maybe that's what you saw when you were younger or relationships equal sacrifice or relationships equal struggle take a breath man i'm on a roll with it yeah I, I couldn't keep up with you man those lips were moving faster than my ears this. were going if you have an association between relationships and you missed pain. your calling as a narrator or a, or a uh, an reader. Oh, mate, mate, I love reading books. I could just get paid for reading books all day long. There you go. <laughs> um, people at Hay House, contact me for more information narrated. on how I can. Huh? Narrated by Matt Smith. I like that. I um, on that story. I, you won't know him because I don't think you had Frosties, Kellogg's Frosties in the States. Did you have Frosties in the States? Frosted, like, like, the same product, different name. Did you have Tony the Tiger? Oh, yeah. They're great. He was my client. Really? Yeah, my client was Tony. He lives in my town. Nice. Uh, Tom, Tom Clark Hill, his name is, if you want to Google him. He does voiceovers and stuff. He does... That's his job, right? So he did Tony the Tiger... He, he also does most of the, um, when you're at the cinema, coming this fall to a cinema near you. But like the guy that does, like he does yeah. that and stuff. Yeah. Do any voice, right? And this is my personal training days. So this one, I'm young. I'm probably 22 at the time, like real young, trying to be professional and stuff. Right. Um, trying to look, the, I mean, like big commercial gym, like trying to do it right and everything. And he's Canadian. He's a comedian and he plays in a band. He's an absolute legend. Nice guy I've ever met and ever worked with. So I'm training him and we're doing like bench press. Next thing, right, we're doing bench press. And we have a bit of a laugh and a joke anyway, but he's doing bench press. And he goes into Kermit the Frog. While he's doing bench press, <laughs> I can't do Kermit the Frog. So I'm, I'm going to try, but I'm not, it won't be anything like it. So he's doing bench press and he's like, Oh, Matt, I really like this one. This is my favorite exercise. This is really good. That's, that sounded like Itchy from Itchy and Scratchy. That didn't sound like... <laughs> not giving the fuck at all. So, voices either. so imagine him doing this. And I'm just like starting to laugh and whatever. And then it gets heavy. Like he's getting to the end of the set. Right. And then he goes into fucking... Like switches like this without a breath from Kermit the Frog to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, man, I really like this exercise. Oh, my God, this is getting heavy. I need to push more and get the pump. And just like everyone's turning around in the gym. And I'm like, Tom, you've got to take it fucking seriously, man. We'd like train him. And he's just having a, it was the best. He was the best client I've ever had, like, by far. Um, and, and isn't that interesting? And, and I believe that acting would be a wonderful skill to have. Because if you can switch your mindset in acting, you can do that in your real life. On that note, Steve Hardison, if you don't know who he is, his coach, check him out, Steve Hardison. He had a client come to him and he had the idea for writing a book, like his first book. Mm -hmm. And Steve's like, cool, go write a book. And the client was like, I can't write a book. And then Steve turned around, something like, he put a post out about it and he said, well, if you can't, 
be the person who can. Mm. The guy's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, if you can't do it, just be the person who could write a book. Who can write a book? Or J.K. Rowling or right. all the or Tolkien or whatever. Think of the authors. Just be them. Just, channel, just be them. Like you said, it's the acting thing. Right. Well, it's all an act anyway. It, mate, this is an act. It's all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're all acting. We're all put on. The, what do the Chinese say? That we, we all have three masks. Three masks. Have you heard that? I have heard that. I forget the three, but. It's I think it's one, one that we wear out to the world at work. One when we're around our family and one when we're on our own. Right. The secret is to have all of them be the same. Right. That's the secret. Close. I'm very close to it. I'm very close. There are certain situations where I do find myself shift a little bit. So I know there's still work to do. And and some of that is just noticing. Can I notice that I put, you know, some stuff away when my folks come over? Mm. Do I have do I have to not put the stuff away because they're coming over and I because I judge myself not necessarily but just notice yeah being aware of it maybe not but just oh wow that's isn't that interesting that you know I put you know whatever whatever thing I need to put away away yeah it's just awareness awareness proceeds change right. every single time rather than being and in it you're right sometimes that it doesn't even have to change. No, but you could also choose if you choose your battles as well. You choose your battles as well. Uh, how do we get onto that thread about I don't me know. training? We were talking about dating, weren't we? Yeah. It'll come I back to me while. Oh, yeah. You were slowing me down because I was going far too quick. Yes. Ground. Because I grab myself, breathe, get out of my head and into my body. Thanks for calling me out on that, man. That's something I have been working on. Um, so I appreciate, I do appreciate you calling me out. My ego hated it and I found I, myself. I, I know it did. I know it did. There was so many fuck yous going on in my head when you were just like, you, when you were doing this <laughs> through my computer. I'm like, if I don't do it audio and only do it in video, maybe he won't get as mad. <laughs> and then there's a the people pleaser. So there you go. <laughs> you called yourself out. Well done. Absolutely. Um, but yes, t- I totally appreciate that, mate. Totally appreciate it. Um, because I know that the outside world's a reflection of going in, of what's inside, and because I now have the story of it can get better, and I can have what I want. And, oh, here's another thing as well. Me having what I want doesn't mean someone else loses out. Huge, 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 huge distinction there. Yeah, we need some kind of buzzer or bell for little moments like that. Go ding, or some flashing lights. I've seen on podcasts before when there's like a me. That was the biggest thing is because I used to be technical department and see what we can do about that. (laughs) We're talking to our manager at the moment, uh, somewhere in the universe, or war manager, just. You know, we, we don't have one yet, so who knows? Who knows? We're open. Open to receive him. That was the biggest thing. Because, I, again, I used to be very jealous and envious of guys who had what I wanted, whether it's the woman, the material stuff, the opportunities, the friendship circles. You're jealous and envious. Because I lived in this... Go on. So a co-worker's got a client. Guys, he's got to be 6'2 to 6'4". Um very wealthy, ultra powerful attorney. 
Um, you know, so he's got power, stature, and money. And like, I'm just intimidated by this guy so damn much. There's no real reason to be the guy's sweet as can be. I, I've worked with him a time or two. I work with his son, but uh, man, it's uh, it's interesting how that can uh, change change or affect things. I guess. What affect you? Change you? Is that what you're saying when you say things? You mean you? Yeah. Fair. That would just be because you're putting your validation, self-worth, safety outside of you. Right. That's literally all it is. Because that was the biggest thing for me, being intimidated around guys who had more. Right. Um, but it's, so I came home to, I'm good, safe, fine. I have my limitations just as he has his limitations, right. Yeah. right? One of his is probably his age over, do you know what I mean? One of his limitations over you is age, mobility, probably, freedom, time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's coming home to that. Like that was the biggest thing for me is going, right, what are my gifts, talents, abilities, value to the world? And I don't need to compare because there's something for everybody. There's enough money for everybody. There's enough opportunities for everybody. There's enough um, relationship opportunity, whatever it is. That was, so with you, with like the dating thing, is i'm just a am i right in assuming in fact i'm not even going to assume what's is there a question behind what you were saying is there a fear behind what you were saying um i don't necessarily remember why i brought that up but i did nonetheless (laughs) i heard what kind of experience am I going to have if I go into dating and can I have a good one? Is it safe to have a good one? That's what I kind of heard. Hmm. So interestingly enough, what's coming up for me is I want to know what your experience is like so I can set an expectation to probably be let down by. Well, that says more than anything. Yeah. (laughs) That says more than anything. I think, I think that was unpacking it right there. Because here's two things that's going to happen, right? If we do it and don't do any work, two things will happen, okay? Catch this. One, Matt's having a fucking great time with the women that he wants to have it with, and they're all having sex with each other, and it's amazing, and it's just phenomenal, right? And then Brian goes, I won't get that. So thanks, Matt, for telling me. That's just made me feel fucking worse. Right. The other experience, the other thing that will happen is Matt goes, oh, mate, it's so shit dating in your thirties. It's awful. And then Brian goes, yeah, I'm probably going to have that experience too. Right. So without doing the work, no matter what I say, exactly. yeah. same outcome. Absolutely. So we shift it to what would you have? Is that again? What experience do I want to have? Well, what do you believe about the experiences that are available to you? That's what I would, I'm not going to do the work there, but that's where I would start. So I'd go, right, what do you believe is available to you? Then I'd go, right, is that true? By the way, for anybody listening, here's how to heal yourself of anything ever, whether it's money issues, relationship issues, health issues, anything ever. This is the process, okay? Right, this, this is the process. This is the podcast here, episode five. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in or donate to get the answer. <laughs> So there's a process you can go to. We'll talk about it off air. There's a process that you, I might give it out. I don't know. I might do. I don't know. I don't know. 
there's a process that you can go through to clear literally fucking anything. And it's, first of all, you've got to understand, accept, acknowledge that whatever experience you're having is because of the programs that are running inside of you, the stories you're telling yourself and the beliefs you hold about yourself and the world. Okay. If I believe there's more than enough to go around, that'll be my experience. If I believe there isn't more than enough to go around, that'll be my experience. Full stop. Yep. If I believe it's safe for me to get into a relationship with this person, I'll get into the relationship with them. If everything else is moved out of the way, if I don't believe it's safe, I'll push it away. Even if I want it, if there's an underlying belief that it's not safe, I'll still sabotage it. Again, the lottery winner thing, they say they want more money. But if a part of them doesn't feel safe in it, they don't believe that they're worthy and deserving of it. If they, even if they win the lottery, they'll push it away and it'll be the worst thing ever, like we spoke about before. Okay. So our beliefs dictate our experience, our stories, our paradigms, our identity as well. But again, made up from beliefs, in my opinion, which is a fact <laughs> on that one. Okay. So that's where I'd start. What does Brian believe is available to him? What does he believe is safe for him to have? Is he worthy of and deserving of? Start there. Once you've got all those beliefs written down, dissect them and go, right, is that absolutely 100% fucking true? Did God write that in scripture somewhere? one, it's no. There you go. Unless you've got a belief that, well, I'm worthy and deserving of whatever I want and it's available to me. Like if you've got that belief, because that's the truth. You, you're worthy and deserving of everything that you want. When you came out of your mother's parts into the world, you didn't have to do anything other than you were in that moment to get milk. Nothing. You didn't have to get any grades, any qualifications, any experience, nothing. You didn't have to be taller, richer, anything, skinnier. You didn't have to be anything other than what you were to get the thing that you desired most. Right. Catch that. Not you, listeners. Like You as well, but Kat, and I'm also yeah, talking to me as well. Everybody, including myself. You too. Take your own advice. 100%. We're only ever talking to ourselves anyway. Yeah, no shit. Us coaches. That was the biggest thing, is you are inherently worthy and deserving of whatever experience that you want. It's just your beliefs that might contradict that. Your stories, shit you picked up from birth that are contradicting that, that are just in the way. The other post this week was, um, if you haven't got what you want, it's only because you're not allowing yourself to have it or something like that. That's literally the only reason. The only reason everybody has what they want because of those beliefs. That's what they believe they're worthy of, they're deserving of, and they're safe in. Yep. It's literally it. And if we want a different experience, we go, right, that's the experience I want. Here's, here's, here's the next bit then is once you've cleared out the old beliefs that don't serve you anymore, and then you come home to the truth of you worthy and deserving of whatever you want, and you're safe in it. That's another first. The most important thing is that you're safe in it. Because if you think that your safety is um, on the line, in having what you want, again, you'll push it away. That's where we've got to come out of fight or flight. And even the, um, what's the, the middle, the middle part of the brain? It's the, um, purpose closing. Probably the mammalian brain. That's yeah. all about society and fitting into the tribe. Yeah. It's, you've got to get out of that into the, the, the bigger picture of oh. the truth of who you are. Yeah, the frontal cortex. But so then that's what you use. You go, right. Well, if I'm worthy and deserving of anything and I'm safe in anything, what do I really want? Which people don't ever really ask that, that question. They don't ask it, they don't answer it. What do I really want? Because again, the fear of disappointment. But people are disappointed anyway. Right. 
because <laughs> they're getting what they don't really want so they're disappointed so you may as well come home to that what do you really want and then what would I have to believe in order to allow myself to have that so if I want the Nicki Minaj body or the Jennifer Lopez body what would I or even the person what would I have to believe do you want a Nicki Minaj body not personally <laughs> <laughs> it ruined this t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> I love that your t-shirt is the biggest thing you're worried about <laughs> <laughs> and my beard I've worked on my beard for like 34 years as well so if I had Nicki Minaj's body I couldn't have the beard um, that beard envy so that's the thing with the data that's where I would that's the work it's not about what experiences Matt having what's available to me out there it's what do I believe is available to me? Do those beliefs serve me? If not, let's just fucking scratch them, get them out of the way. There's a process for doing that. You can't just see it and then scratch it out of the way. There's the process for doing that. The healing, like we spoke about earlier. So listen, as if you were listening, I kind of revealed it somewhere in there about forgiveness, hashtag. Um, letting go of those beliefs that no longer serve you. And then it's be, uh, oh, Mark Manson. Have you heard of him? Oh, yeah. Subtle art of not giving a fuck. Have you read Models? It's his dating book. So if you're about to get into dating or you're going to help people with dating, read Models. Okay. Phenomenal book. Mark okay, Mark. on dating and it's phenomenal. But it's not about strategies and tactics. It's about who you're being. It's about you. It comes home yeah. to you. Being the man that you want to be that would attract the woman. Because again, that's, the, that's the, essentially what we're all here to do attract it's the law it's the traction that's it it's all attraction all attraction so who would you have to be what would you have to believe in order to have that woman in your life if you could have any fucking woman any woman that you really wanted and everything about her as well like her personality her spirituality her emotional capacity her strength everything about her, the perfect woman who would you have to be what would you have to believe install them and it, mate, it, just, it just blows up. I've got proof of it like on here. It just, <laughs> it, I had to log in as an ego thing uh, just to see how many of them are messaging me. It, but it is, it's like, I'm not, I don't look any different. Right. What, uh, the reason I say that is because that's what Matt used to think was the attraction with the women. Is we project our values onto women. Guys 100%. care about looks. Yeah. Bottom line, end of story. Women we don't give a fuck. Because we care that women do. They generally don't. Some do. Like, you speak to women, they, they're like, I have to be attracted to him. Agreed. But there isn't a, a, like we talk about, like with the women's bodies and the stereotypical attraction of the waist and hips and boobs and thing. Right. There isn't a, that kind of is like broad shoulders as you, if there was anything across the spectrum with women. at all with the Adonis training system? I might have heard about it. So there's one for men and women, and it's basically using uh, whatever the, the Fibonacci ratio is um, to get the quote-unquote perfect body. I doubt, yeah. it. I doubt you get the actual body, but it's an interesting concept for sure. Yeah, so there is something that we are, like I said, biologically attracted to. Women prefer a bigger, stronger man, biologically. Yes. It's safety, protection. Well, it, and again, that's, you know, starting with, you know, midline you know so I forget the the three 
body types, mesomorph, ectomorph, and endomorph, but the middle one is going to be kind of your baseline. And then as you move either thinner or heavier, you're going to be attracted to a, about that same scale on the opposite side. Or at least oh yeah, definitely. Ideal genetically. Yeah. But that's if you, if you, but you've got to strip away all the other layers, like we said about the conditioning, Correct. like parents and stuff. Cause again, most people are dating either their mother or father because it's what they know. Right. It was literally it. Like I've dated my mom probably about three times. Yeah. Sex isn't very good. <laughs> so what I've got to say to people that might have not have caught that, that might have been eating or scrolling and they hear that. I haven't actually dated my mom <laughs> and had terrible sex with my mom. That isn't, mom is watching, <laughs> hi mom. Um, remember 2004, <laughs> crazy part. Metaphorically speaking, geez, oh, beats. Yeah. We've got to say that in case you know that you're going to take that. We project the role of our mother onto lovers as we get older and then basically create. Yeah, well, it's what we know. It's how we got love when we were younger. Correct. So if I get someone like that, it means I'll get that need met. Right. But it all comes back. That's why I like models with Mark Manson because he talks about get you fucking sorted first. Yeah. Sort you out. Yeah. Like get you done and then go looking for someone who's going to add to your life or complement your life. So I, I, fill a hole. I was younger, you know, Maslow's hierarchy and, yeah. and, and whatnot. When I was younger, I didn't have my own place. I was, you know, still, you know, living paycheck to paycheck at my parents' house and all that. And I'm worried about getting laid. Your safety and security needs to come before sex. And if you don't, it's just, it's completely backwards and you only end up in a codependent dysfunctional fuckery. Yeah, that's another problem as well is because, again, needs aren't being met with kids. They just needs just aren't being met. So they're just constantly out there searching. That's why we're in a hookup culture because we're constantly – like I'm dating out of um, like conscious choice that that's what I want to do, mm-hmm. not, uh, uh-oh, I need to be I'm with somebody because I – because I feel incomplete or I don't feel enough and I'm lonely and lost and, right. you know, I'm good whether I get dates or not. I'm fucking good. I mean, like, I'm good. Because if you look at it from a logical point of view, dates take time. They cost money. You've got to fucking sit and listen. Huh? It's resources. Resources. Time. Yeah, it's all resources. Like It's energy, resources. It's all those. There's so many other things that I could be doing. Mm-hmm. So it's a conscious choice. It's like, oh, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I've got Saturday afternoon free. Cool. I want to go and we're going to go and visit a new place. Girl I've never met before, chatting to her. Cool. Never been to this place before. So I'll get a day out because it's just what I wanted to do. Right. Rather than, which is where most people aren't, because most people are in the, oh, I'm lonely. And like with lockdown and stuff, people, that's where the dating outs have exploded because people don't like being alone at home. Right. Well, I mean, to be fair, we're not biologically meant to be alone. No, we're definitely not. We're meant to procreate and be in tribes yeah, and in all tribes that stuff. To 150 people. 100%. That's what we, yeah. Bi- so that's a biological drive. But needed conversation in itself in the city living. Oh, yeah. I, I could not. No. Well, I was talking to a client about that the other day. Couldn't, like, city living couldn't do it. So, yes, there's biological drives, but there's also egotistical drives, societal drives. And it's where do you want to sit with that? But also like heart and soul. Right. Like, like what like Eckhart Tolle and people talk about is like, heart, like what's your desire in your heart and soul? 
And can you come up with answers for all of those different aspects and then integrate them together? Integrate with the, with the whole. Right. So going back to the data thing and Matt's experience, boxes are all being ticked. Egotistical boxes being ticked, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, biological boxes being ticked. Hang on a minute. Egotistical, there's only two, three. I can't count. Um, biological, like societal is, so people around me are seeing that, oh, Matt's active on the dating scene. Do you know what I mean? So, but then heart and soul, like, I'm deeply, these people that I'm dating, we are connecting on a deep level right. about yeah. stuff. I, I like the way you look. Let's see if there's anything beyond that. Behind, beyond heart and soul? Is that what you're waiting for? Is that what you just said? No, I said, uh, you know, I like the way you look. Let's see if there's anything beyond that. Oh, sorry. Right. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I don't, mate, I literally said that. I, I can't find it. There's too many messages. Yep. One, of my, one of my messages to the girl was, um, yeah, you're beautiful. Please don't have the personality of a stick. Was like one of them. Yeah. And then we just got a bit of banter and a bit, like, because two things are going to happen. She's either got the personality of a stick and going to take offense to it and run away, or she's going to be cool as fuck. Right. Which she was. And we're just like flirting and bantering back to it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, because I'm in an abundant mindset where I don't need the girl because there's at least 3 billion of them running around this planet. Right. One of them I can convince to get with me. <laughs> at least one. <laughs> so because I'm in an abundant mindset. They came across a little stalkerish. I just got <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's all I've got the notepad down. I've got to try and like plan, plan my next move. Right. Um... What was that I got show my... on Netflix? I think it's called You. Say that again. You say, what was that show on Netflix? I think it was called You. I, yeah, I'd never watched it, but I did, uh, I did hear about it. Why do you think I've got sleeping bags? Um, <laughs> outside the houses. Right. So because I'm in this abundant mindset, I can do that with, with women. And because I know what woman I want, and what makes her amazing in terms of like personality and stuff, like looks are everywhere. Like, Beauty's yeah. everywhere. Yes. Tenor does like it's everywhere, right? Well, like you said, what's underneath that? What turns you on? What turns you off? What, what excites you? Right. And that's where here, guys, this is really for you. If you want to get the girls physical, get into her emotional and mental. Get in there. Yep. Don't get onto the physical. Stop another post this week was stop sending dick pics. Because although you're all about the physical, she ain't. I've yet to talk to a girl that loves receiving dick pics, especially the unsolicited. Yes. yes. Especially the unsolicited ones that she hasn't asked for. Only the unsolicited. Well, here's the thing. I, I was in one of my last relationships, and we sent those pictures, like I sent those pictures. Right. And they were asked for and wanted, but it didn't turn her on as much as listening to her. No. Yes, correct. <laughs> you know? Well, there, there has to be a story along with it. Thinking, yeah. thinking of you, yeah. what I'm going to do to you later, later tonight when I grab my necktie and tie you up and tickle you with the feather that's in my pimp hat. And, you know. So what you've just actually said, mate, <laughs> what you've just actually said is like dating advice gold for men. Like men, that's what she fucking wants. Yeah. Lead in. You know, control, dominance. That's what she really desires. Well, okay, broad statement, I know. If she's yeah. masculine energy, Feminists she probably doesn't. Feminists are going ape shit on you right now. <laughs> feminists. I love you. I love you, feminists. It's all part of balance in the world. Well, nice save there, my friend. Nice save. <laughs> on that bombshell. Well, hopefully I'll love them out of their feminism. <laughs>
I'm not sure. Give them the love that daddy never I'm gave not them. Sure how you meant that, but I like it either way. Give them the love that daddy never gave them. Again, it works both ways with dad being at home. She didn't get the love from the, from the father and that leader and that provider and protector there. If she didn't get that, she'll turn into a bitch. Because yep. the masculine wasn't there for her. So she thinks she has to do it herself. And she's resentful against men and she's angry against men. So that's the healing. Karen. <laughs> oh, so the uh, local radio station did a, a bit about the male equivalent of Karen is Terry. <laughs> and basically it, was, you know, it came out about the same time. It spiked for about five years and then went away. And, uh, Love that. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny. That's amazing. Did Terry have a vagina? No, it was the masculine version. No, I know that, but that's what I mean. Like, if, if, if Karen's got a dick, because she's, again, trying to be all feminist and, and all that stuff, and I want to talk to manager and shit. Did, did Terry have a, a vagina? I don't know. I imagine he was. I can't imagine he was like The Rock. No, I doubt that. Yeah, full circle, back to parenting. Heal your shit. Go back to your childhood. Heal it all. Hire coaches, call us. Whatever you want to do. Work from the inside out. The help is available if you seek it. Yeah, if you want it, it's there. Definitely is. And then your phone could be blowing up with dates left, right, and center. Beating them away with a stick. Not really, metaphorically speaking, people. <laughs> some of them like that. With sticks, not anymore. Some, some of them like that. <sighs> yeah. Not since the 1800s. <laughs> really? Is that your experience? You need to have a better experience. In a prior life, yes. I like it. You're moving on to new and bigger and better things, my man. Yes. No more beating women with sticks. <laughs> Just tying them up, he says. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Tying them up. I don't have a basement, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but she might want it. She might want the basement. Like, oh, fuck, I was hoping you had a basement. Funny enough, actually, we were just talking about if uh, we're able to uh, move forward in our relationship, a red room is going to be a, uh, uh, in our dream home. Really? Oh, yes. So you're not in the, So why are you asking about dating if you're moving forward in the relationship? I haven't, haven't figured that one out yet. That might be a conversation for an unrecorded uh, conversation. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> hey, mate, you've got to explore all avenues. Yep explore all avenues and women want you more if they know that you're um if other women want you or if, even if you're thinking true. about it although the insecure jealousy can also take over we went on a date with a polish woman depending on when this is going out she might be my wife but <laughs> went on a date with a polish woman uh recently she was definitely like if you're mine, you're mine. You, I do not share you with anybody. I've never been with a Polish. She's like, I will not share you with anybody. I was like, you don't get to make that decision. She was like, no, if you're mine, you're mine. That's it. That's, that's the Polish women's way. Yep. She's like, you're mine. And I will love you and I'll respect you and I'll look after you. You are mine. You're not getting shared. Mm. So I sent her a message. We were talking about like, I was like, what are you going to cook me for breakfast? And we talk. She's like, oh, what about, what are you going to cook me for dinner? I'm like, oh, we'll just order pizza to the bedroom. And then if the pizza delivery girl's hot, she can join us as well. She was like, no, I do not share my men. You will not be shared and all this stuff. Like, oh. 
So some of them don't, don't, they, right, yeah, yeah, the jealousy thing is, uh, yeah. is interesting. Yeah, that's definitely one that I am not ready to experiment with. I know at this point in time, I'm way too jealous for that kind of nonsense. You're too jealous for them to be, to be sharing them. Correct. What you'll find, general statement, what you'll find is if, if you're enough value to them, they won't go off with other guys. Even if you're in that open relationship thing, because you've got so much value, you're providing with so much value to them, they won't even risk it. They won't want to do it because they won't risk want to risk the value that they get. And even if they know you're having other experiences, they won't go, well, he is, so I will. They just won't. Hmm, For the most part, I know a couple of girls are going to watch that and go, well, fuck yeah, I am. If he is, then I yeah, am. They might say that. Yeah. But if you're, again, if you're more valuable than the other guy, she won't risk. Right. And it works the opposite way in a relationship. If you're in a relationship with someone, I'm reading a book at the moment. I can't remember what it's bloody called. Um, reading a book at the moment, but it works the other way. If you're in a relationship with a girl, but she sees another guy come into her life who's more valuable than you are, her attention's gone. Yes, a hundred percent gone. If he provides more protection, security, safety, the things that she really desires, her she might not physically go. Right three of my last girlfriends were in relationships when I came onto the scene. Yep. Committed long-term relationships when I came onto the scene, but because I exhibited more value, I don't know if I had or not, but because I exhibited more value, who wins? Mm -hmm. Three, all three, jump ship, all three of them. Perception. And when I was at my most insecurest with one of the, with one of them, I knew she was dating this guy. He's a multi, multi-millionaire. Beautiful house in the countryside. Multi-millionaire. Depending on when you're watching this at time of recording, Matt wasn't a multi-millionaire. Depending on when you're watching this. In fact, when he was dating this girl, he definitely wasn't a multi-millionaire. Right. And before I'd got into knowing about women and psychology and all this stuff, I was like, why are you dating me when I know you're seeing this guy and he's got like all the money and everything? And she nearly walked out of the date she nearly walked out. She's like, I'm not a gold digger. Money, it's not just about money. Right. Like, I'm with you because you offer me so much more than just the money. Like he didn't listen to her. He wasn't present with her. He wasn't able to sit in her storm of a mood and just mm-hmm. be present, that masculine presence for her. He wasn't able to do that. Right. So she wasn't getting emotionally satisfied. She might have been getting physically, like materialistically satisfied, roof overhead, nice cars, beautiful yeah. holidays, all that stuff. Yeah. She was getting emotionally satisfied. Well, that's what Matt gave her. Yep. So then she jumped ship. So yeah, guys, by the way, if you're thinking, oh, my dream girl's out there, but she's already with somebody, display more value than he is. It doesn't mean have more money than he's got. Display more value, she'll turn her head. Not saying that you should be a home wrecker. Hmm. Oh, that's bothered you. Yeah, that's definitely triggered something for me. Don't be a homewrecker, guys. Not intentionally. Yeah. Be, Don't be a dick. Be the highest value to yourself and to others as you can, and you will attract whoever is right. Yeah. 
yeah. don't sit on your couch waiting for I've, it. I've I've been with uh, one or two married women. I forget at the moment, but um, you know, and and that is just not something as a as a thirty six year old male. I do not recommend that. Do you not? I do not. Because. Um, for me, the way I felt afterward, knowing that I contributed to, I contributed to dishonesty more than the relationship falling apart. I contributed to dishonesty. And so that, that weighs heavy. Yeah. For me, it does. Fair enough. It means you're not a sociopath. Hey, what do you know? But it could also, it would, yeah, I would also say it's just an indication to an old wound or feeling that wants to come up that hasn't been healed yet. And once you heal it, you won't then attract that situation into your life. Right. I had a female uh, client once, coaching client, and um, she came to me for other reasons. But it, what actually transpired was that she kept attracting married men. Mm-hmm. Not intentionally. She'd go on the dating scene, meet a guy, it'd be a great thing. And then he'd turn around after a few dates and go, something I've got to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. And she didn't know why. And I was like, right, let's get to the root cause of it. And long story short, dad wasn't around when she was younger. So her story is the man that I want to be around isn't. He's not around. The man that I want isn't available or men aren't available to me. So she gets the guy, but then because her program is underneath that going, men aren't available to me. Oh, all of a sudden he's God, it's not co- nothing's coincidence. It's all from the program that you're running and the energy that you're putting out. And it's all there to heal you, especially if you're not having the experience that you want. She wanted a man to be there for her, but her program is men aren't available to me. So I have to go into that and go, well, is it true that men aren't, or is it just that one experience with your dad? She gets to heal that, clear it, and boom, now she's in a relationship with a guy who's not married. Because we did the work that mattered, not, oh, let's get, help you lose weight so you become more attractive to, because that's yes. what she came in for. Yeah. Which is never the thing. No. The thing's never, never the thing. It's, it's, all, it's always deeper. Um, the, yeah, what I would say is on the theme of parenting and yourself with everybody listening and including myself is just become the best, highest and best version of you. Get that vision for you step into that every fucking day whether it's working out meditating doing a job you want learning study whatever it is make you the highest and best version of you come home to the truth that you're worthy and deserving of whatever you want without having to change like as you are your core energy of who you are is enough to have whatever you want might be certain things that you might need to do like physically to do but you're still worthy and deserving of all of it it's all available to you we live in an abundant universe full of everything and more for everybody and more is being created Come home to that, work on you, and then from there, what do I want, who do I want, etc. We're back. We did cut out a little bit then, but we're back. We did. Does that make sense? It does to me. Cool, man. Beautiful. I think we're coming up on damn near two hours. We went deep today. We said we were going to go deep today. We did. We did go deep today. Yes. Deep and wide. <laughs> deep. No, not too wide, ladies. Keep it tight. I talking about conversation topics, but I'm oh, sorry, man. I'm in a different world to you at the moment. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're a little bit more in the physical world than the spiritual at the moment. <laughs> <I'm pretty in. laughs>
all spiritual, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, good chat, man. Absolutely. Good chat. Are we done? I think so. Folks, thanks for listening, watching, whatever, however you have gotten through this. Maybe with drugs, maybe with not. <laughs> we appreciate it, whichever way. Absolutely. All right, folks, thanks so much, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Catch you next time.